When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Three, two, one. Here we go. Let's go. Good morning, good people. Welcome to AZ Sports Live, presented by the Cochran Firm and Boston Scientific. We stream live on YouTube and Facebook. And of course, I am your host, Will. Skywalker still. Boy, those Jones boys. They got a lot to say. Hey, coming up today, man. I'm smiling because, you know, the Joneses finally spoke after the loss to the San Francisco 49ers down at the Senior Bowl and a whole lot of word salad of nothing for the most part. But they did say some things of importance. They did confirm some things of note, including Mike McCarthy calling plays. We'll detail a cool article I found on BTB. Shout out to David. And we will also talk about the new offensive line coach that was hired. We got some more OC interviews. We have some confirmations of other things that went down in Dallas. But um, here's the thing with the Cowboys and the Joneses. You, you have to compartmentalize what they say. Because Jerry is a master at saying a whole lot of words. And it means absolutely nothing. So we'll, we'll, we'll fester through all the BS and try to talk about some of the things that actually matter. Uh, I could come on here and talk about how he will not admit the, the, the Amari Cooper situation, right? You know, we come on here and talk about bringing back Zeke and bringing back Tyron and quarterback extensions and drafting it. A lot of this stuff is a whole lot of nothing. But there are a lot of things he said or the Joneses said that uh, did mean something because these things are happening or have happened. So we'll detail all of that, Cowboys Nation. But what's good with y'all? Huh? How you doing, Bomb Squad? Bomb Squad! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who was that up there that just said, yeah, Jerry kills me too, talking a bunch about nothing. I mean, that's what they do. You know, that's what they do. And, and we that's why here we try to, you know, fester through all that stuff and get through all the mud and get to the real important things as much as we can. And honestly, that's that's all we have right now, right? That's all we have in regards to news and notes for the Dallas Cowboys. And and it is some some real important news uh, there. Mark Felix, shout out to you, brother. He said, need that intro music as my ringtone. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Once I take my little, uh, little break, I keep saying it, I'm not going to switch up the intro music or anything like that. But we'll have some new cool looks and, and, and drops and whatnot that we want to bring into the new 2023 year. I think what I'm going to do, the NFL New Year is in March. Maybe that'll be A to Z's New Year. Sky's New Year. Got some cool things coming up. Uh, we're in the middle of some negotiations where your boy could be could be doing this even longer on, on an even better scale. So um, stay tuned for all of that. Damn toxic. We don't want we don't want Jerry to make you do that. What's good, CJ? How you doing, man? Um, let's get into it because 
this is going to be an interesting show because, I, like I said, I found this article. Uh, shout out to David Howen on BTB. I do, BTB, Blog the Boys. I do have it linked in the description. Um, we're going to detail some of that article about where Mike McCarthy can improve this offense. Now, when we say improve, we're not necessarily just talking about pure overall numbers because we said it's about the defense. The defense may take a step back in certain categories, but they can improve. And for the most part, they did that. They took a little slump. But same thing with the offense. I think next year they can improve in certain categories or certain aspects of the offense that will help not just the quarterback, but everybody in general. So we'll take a look into that. And um, we'll also take a deep dive into the offensive line coach that they hired, Mike Solari, uh, who right off the bat, just 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 doing some deep diving. I kind of like it. So let's get into it, Cowboys Nation. It is time for. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Hey, yo. Well, before we get into all of that goodness, <laughs> Stephen, because Stephen and Jerry both spoke different times of the day, different reporters, some sometimes some of the same reporters. And Steven did confirm that the Cowboys will be renewing, resuming, whatever you want to call it, contract talks with one Odell Beckham Jr. How does that make you feel, Cowboys Nation? How does that make you feel? Um, Honestly, I was exhausted with the Odell Beckham Jr. talks during the season. But it's the offseason now. Clearly, we're going to be in the wide receiver market. Here's what bugs me, though, about this. Odell still may cost you a lot of bread for a lot of uncertainty. Those ACLs, those knees. Once it came out that he still wasn't right and he wanted $20 million, it's like, dude, you don't want to play in a regular season. All right, man, let me, I need more videos. I need more than one video of you running out there with your shirt off at night under the lights, Friday night lights. I need more than that, man. I, I, I do. Uh, but how do you feel about this Odell Beckham thing? I Listen, he, he'd kind of be down on the totem pole for me. Um, not because I don't think, you know, healthy, he's one of those guys. But I'd rather allocate the funds that it'll take to get him, if it takes those funds. Uh, offensive line, maybe cornerback if you need to, or keep those funds and use them in a trade to get a guy that's more reliable. But um, if they strike out on everything, then yeah, I guess you can revisit those Odell Beckham talks. But, you know, I'm looking more forward towards the draft and more towards guys that are more reliable in free agency or in the trade department. So um, Odell's a nice consolation prize, but, you know, that that ship has sailed. And it sailed a while ago. That's just how I look at it. Now, you want to come in here for cheap as hell. I mean, again, I'm all about taking, you know, those type of cheap risk. But what I really want to take is the all-in big risk approach, the the D-hop approaches, right? The Brandon Cook approaches. Go get me one of those guys or at least attempt to do that first. And then if you have to settle, then you got to settle. That's kind of where I'm at with the Cowboys Nation. Yeah, there goes the MP, D-hops, Cooks, and, and I guess Odell. That's where I'm at. I'm... I'd much rather go after one of the other guys and then 
And then if it's Odell, it's like, I guess we, we get Odell, but I'm not putting all my wide receiver uh, chips on no ACLs Odell and looking like poor little Tink Tink Michael Gallup outside of uh, C.D. Lamb. So they got to do something. Jerry Judy's another name you guys are bringing up. Juju as well is a free agent. The free agent list isn't that great, but they may have to just do the best they can do. Again, much like the run game, much like the pass game, if you do have a scheme, though, you can get some pieces that fit, and we might be getting a different type of scheme. The Cowboys went out, and they hired their new offensive line coach. While it's not Mike Munchak, it's Mike Salard, who is a seasoned, successful offensive line coach in the NFL or has been for a very long time, dating back to the late 80s, early 90s, where he was a part of Super Bowl teams for the 49ers in the 90s. He was a part of the Priest home, Larry Johnson, rushing success in Kansas City as their O-line coach. And I think he was the OC for a little bit there, too. Uh, so he's, you know, had some of the better rushing attacks then. And then the John Harbaugh. 49ers of the 2010s that went to the Super Bowl, went to the NFC Championship game. He was the offensive line coach that, you know, headed that rushing attack. And most recently, his last or latest stint was with the Seattle Seahawks from 2018 to 2021, where the Seahawks were looking to move on from Tom Cable because they just could not put together quality lines or good enough lines. Mike Slarry came in, improved that line, but improved the line being better than Tom Cable's lines, not being one of the best. But where they were one of the best more consistently was finishing in the top 10 in rushing yards per attempt during his four seasons there as offensive line coach. And, you know, he's respected as a, you know, an instructor. Uh, he's respected around the league. He has a video out, if you go on John Oning's page, where he, he details some of his teaching some of his ways right and i i like this hire a lot um the more and more i dig the more and more i come away with this looks like this could be an improvement on the offensive line i know a lot of people can say well that's an easy improvement over you know Phil, uh, philbin and that may be true but one of the reasons why i like this is because it sounds like he's going to come with a scheme he's going to come with I don't want to say they're going to give him a run game coordinator tag, but it sounds like he's of the Bill Callahan ilk, right? Where they have a specific way, whether it be man or zone or a combination of both, that they like to mirror with the with the offensive philosophy. Whereas this last stint that we had with Kellen Moore and Joe Philbin, these guys come from two different backgrounds. These guys, one is... 70 the you know whatever joe philbin was and one is a baby and i don't think these guys were in sync in that manner i think it was hey joe you do your thing i'm gonna do my thing and then obviously you have mike mccarthy who was like i ain't really feeling some of this but we'll get to that in a second i think you'll have uh solari mirror what he wants to do with what mccarthy wants to do with what whoever the new running backs coach wants to do and Lunda Wells or Lunda Wells, what they want to do. So to me, that's the that's the aspect that I like the most, man, is that he has a an identity 
of what he wants to do from a schematic standpoint. And he's teaching his guys how to be best at that. So I encourage you guys to dig deep, dig even more on the new O-line coach. I think you'll come away with this being a pretty solid uh, get here. Also, he used to work for McCarthy for a year. It's not like he worked for him for a lot. but So McCarthy has a little bit of experience working with him. And a little nugget that might tell us who could be the new OC is during that stint in 2018 to 2021 with Seattle, Brian Schottenheimer was the offense coordinator. So not saying he's going to be, but if he is hired as the air quotes OC, he has some familiarity with uh, Mike Solari. So we'll see if that's Brian Schottenheimer. I don't know if it'll be Brian Schottenheimer. However, there are a few OCs the Cowboys have already interviewed. One being Thomas Brown, the Rams running back coach, tight ends coach, and he was also assistant head coach for the uh, LA Rams, the McVay Rams. Let me say that. The Sean McVay Rams. Uh, this is interesting because that is now the second former running backs coach that the Cowboys have interviewed to be their offensive coordinator. So I think they could be looking at trying to hire a two-for-one situation here where, okay, we got a running backs coach, and we have a, air quotes, offensive coordinator. A guy that'll help with game plans and help put things together, but he will not be in charge of putting all that together or calling the plays. He'll be helping out McCarthy uh, with some things. So Thomas Brown and who was the other guy? Jeff, is it Jeff Nixon? Nixon from Carolina. Both guys who have running back coaching backgrounds. Interviewed by Dallas. Just keep that in mind. Maybe they're looking to do a two-for-one situation here. But whoever they hire won't be calling plays because Jerry and Steven confirmed that Mike McCarthy will be your 2023 Dallas Cowboys play caller. Here we go, Cowboys Nation. And they talked to Steven about that specific situation and about the rumors of McCarthy and Kellen Moore not seeing eye to eye. <laughs> which y'all know how I feel about that. Y'all pretty much y'all started that. Like this is this is what you guys welcomed. And what what made me chuckle a little bit and before we get to this this uh interview, what made me chuckle a little bit is that Stephen Jones came out and said, "Yeah, well, you know, Mike McCarthy wanted to keep Kellen Moore because XYZ." Look, I'm not going to go crazy on this, but I, I just I don't believe you. You need more people. I don't believe you, man. You know, I, I, Kellen Moore, and Mike McCarthy do not come from the same cloth. Their philosophies don't jive, as you said, Stephen Jones. It came out of your mouth. You, you basically, and I'll play this audio in a second. You confirmed that these two, the, their base principles, the philosophies of what they do, didn't jive. Let's use common sense for a second. If you have a foundation if you have a philosophy that whatever you do in business in life in coaching you build upon to your success and you get to this organization or you get to this company and you don't jive with their basic fundamental structure would you accept that when i say accept that i mean accept a a kellen moore accept something that doesn't jive with your basic fundamentals no 
because I don't think he was asked if he wanted to keep Kellen Moore. I think he was told, you got to keep Kellen Moore. Find a way to make it work with Kellen Moore. All right, cool. We'll try to find a way to be a walk-around head coach, which I've never been. We'll find a way to eliminate something that I've done for 25, 30 years, which is call plays or put together offenses so I can have this head coach coaching position. So, yeah, part of that is on McCarthy for accepting the position, right? And then getting upset when when seeing that things he didn't jive with wasn't going his way. But let me let you listen to one Stephen Jones talk about that. Let me see here. This is Stephen Jones, and let me see if I can get this in here, on McCarthy and Kellen Moore's philosophical differences and, and, and whatnot. Just take a listen. Jive if you will, with what he wants out of the offense. And so, you know, he wants to, just like you would a quarterback, not like you, unlike you would any coach, you want them to thrive and bring what they bring to the table. I just think Mike wanted Kellen to roll, and but he didn't totally, 100%, you know, agree with all the philosophies and, you know, the small things that go into You peep didn't totally agree with all the philosophies and Stephen Jones hilarious too and I think it ultimately came down to hey if we're going to take the next step he wants to see if he can put his you know if you will make the changes that he thinks will make a difference that he didn't necessarily think Kellen might have believed in and that's you know that's common your offensive head coach wanted to make changes that uh, to his offense that his offensive coordinator didn't believe in, but he didn't have the power to do so. I wonder why. Continue, Stephen. I mean, we had that with Jason and Scott Linehan and Mark right. Colombo right. and Callahan right. on down the line. Right. And I also think that Mike thinks he can mail the passing game to the running game, you know, with who he's going to hire for the offensive line. Uh, Lunda and the tight ends and ultimately the running backs and the running back coach he wants to bring all that together and I think it's a, I think it's outstanding and uh, I think he's got a great chance for us to take the next step now I will jive with the end of what he said there it, it, it's mirroring all of that together we, we've said this for how many years a couple years now we've been been on a to z sports dallas but i've been doing this prior to that where i would love to kind of get up to date with what the rest of the league is doing uh, you know when you go look at more some of the successful offenses in the league they're mirroring their passing game with the running game running game pass game whatever it's not a separate entity in dallas it clearly is um you you heard them come out often and talk about just having to hit a number from their run game standpoint and then it was almost painfully obvious when they were going to run the ball. We're talking Hawk packages. We're talking at one point Noah Brown, right? Noah Brown was the bring Noah Brown in. We're going to run the ball, motion him in. Um, it was it was just it was just obvious, right? So I would like that end of what Stephen Jones said, mirroring all these things together to jive with their coaches. And, and I think Mike McCarthy, and honestly, maybe. 
Maybe for the first time, maybe if you want to call in and talk about this, you can, or you got to comments in the, in the comment section, 351-999-3787. Once Jason Garrett was stripped of his play-calling offensive duties, which I want to say 2013. 2013 or 2014 might have been 2013 whatever he was stripped it was given to Callahan then it was stripped from Callahan and given to Scott Linehan that was the last time the pre-stripping of Jason Garrett where the offensive minded head coach had his way per se think about it so Jason Garrett basically had to acquiesce to Scott Scott did his thing Scott left. He had to acquiesce to Kellen. Asked in 2019, the Jerry Jones boys, the Jones boys, hey, can I call plays in 2019? If y'all going to can me, let me go out my way. Let me do this thing my way. No. Kellen's the next best thing. All right, cool. So Kellen does this thing for a few years under Jason Garrett, then boom. Here comes McCarthy. McCarthy's told, yeah, we know you're an offensive-minded head coach, but we want Kellen Moore to run the offense. Cool. All right, that's what y'all want to do. It is what it is. Finally, as The Rock says, since maybe 2012, your offensive-driven head coach will have the power, the autonomy, to do what he wants on the offensive side of the ball. And honestly, look, if it's going to fail, that's how it should fail. If it's going to succeed, that's how it should succeed. Let your offensive-driven head coach elect the offense he wants to run so that there isn't this philosophical difference i mean you can't have philosophical differences fam you can't have those differences you can have hey man maybe on second and six instead of running you know wide right we bring this back into the b gap you, you can't have philosophical differences hey i don't like these option routes i like these option routes i don't really want to run them well we gonna run them all right let's see how this works without amari cooper let's see what we can do I'm being a little petty right there, but 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 you get what I'm saying. So let's see if one Mike McCarthy selecting who he wants to select and running what he wants to run, what it does for the team moving forward. The problem is, again, I think this is a year a little too late because it's a essentially it's going to sound crazy. It's a building block year for McCarthy from a coaching standpoint. New OC new offensive line coach, new running backs coach, right? Potentially a, a, a newish scheme, but it could be in a lame duck year. It's a mess, man. It's a mess, but you got to get through the mess. That's what we always say. Um, Before I get to the lines, because this, this is a good conversation I'm sure we're going to have, let's get to the article at point where, okay, McCarthy is going to be calling the plays. What can he do from a play calling and game plan standpoint to improve over some of the things that Kellen did? Um, and if you want to check out the article, you can by David Howen over on Blogging the Boys. It's in the description. But we're gonna we're gonna feature two of the things he talked about, and one of them is one that we've been talking about for years: play action and at snap motion, motion in general, but at snap motion specifically. Under Kellen, year one, we saw the play-action passing game 
have a slight uptick, right? They were seventh in the league, and then he kind of took a nosedive, and, and we remained kind of in the middle of the pack for the rest of his tenure here. He was seventh, 12th, 14th, and 13th in the league running play action. Uh, when it came to motion, though, and that's not motion, that's something that we – we begged to do more of, and, and it, it just got worse and worse. 12th, 11th, 18th, 17th, um, from an at-snap motion, I'm sorry, standpoint, it was 16th, 28th, 31st, and then we saw a bit of an uptick uh, this past season at 16th. Still, none of those motion ranks to me are where I want to be given the offense we were running. And play action and motion is something that McCarthy – and the West Coast and the style he wanted to run is something that he wants to do now. Aaron Rodgers, if you go back and you do some digging, didn't. Aaron Rodgers did not like play action. He hated play action. And obviously, you kind of got to acquiesce to your quarterback, right? That ain't the case for, for Dak Prescott, Cowboys. Dak Prescott has been one of the best play action quarterbacks since he's came in this league. And if you go look at the games over the last few seasons where Kellen Moore has run a ton of play action, you usually saw a lot of success. If you go look at his passer rating ranking since he came in the league out of play action, 1st, 10th, 12th, 12th, 6th, 15th. Over the last two seasons alone, he has 22 touchdowns and three interceptions in play action. He has a passer rating over 110. You know, when we've seen this offense operate at a high level, two things usually accompanied each other from a passing game standpoint. Now, even a running game standpoint, ass snap motion, pre-snap motion, and play action. We'll just call it motion. Motion, play action. And then when things would get tight, for whatever reason, we would go away from it. There was a part in this article where... He said higher variances of routes run. And this is a, a very important part of the article that I want to read out to you. He says, perhaps the most valid criticism of Moore is that his play design and selection became stale and predictable in the most critical of times. The creativity that Moore shined with throughout his tenure in Dallas seemed to melt away under the intensity of the moment. Instead, seeing the coordinator drop a play that either sent all of his receivers deep or all of them run short curl routes. Before people who might have just jumped in here or might be new, you might be saying, damn, man, you, you don't ever give Kelly. Nope, wrong. We've had shows. We've done film breakdowns. We've talked constantly about, man, this was a great called game from Kellen Moore. I would love to see it next week. I would love to see some of this the following week. I would love to not wait four weeks down the line to see more of this. That was always the issue. Or I would love to see this in the critical moments. Howen goes on to say, this was especially evident in both of the Cowboys playoff losses to the 49ers as San Francisco defense simply sat on the underneath routes all day. Prescott only attempted 10 passes all game that traveled 10 yards or more beyond the line of scrimmage. He completed just three of them with two being completions of 15 yards uh, along the sideline. One of them was to the CD Lamb. And the 49ers dared Dallas to, to beat them deep and more refused to try them out. We really didn't start hitting deep until the end of the fourth quarter 
where you had the uh, C.D. Lamb route and then you had the Michael Gallup overthrow, misthrow, whatever you want to call it. Those were the only two times we saw deliberately these guys go deep and were targeted deep. I mean, like deliberately targeted deep. Maybe we see more of that with C.D. Lamb uh, next year on the outside because I do know Mike likes to have those type of receivers out there. Now, he'll move them around. He'll move them around, but maybe we'll see that more. Uh, He would also go on to talk about the early down passing, potentially being seeing an uptick. McCarthy loved to throw the ball on early downs and not just do run on first, run on second. Um, Aaron Rodgers was always tops in the league in EPA per play, throwing the ball on early downs. Um, Dallas, we know, was one of the highest first, second down run teams in the entire National Football League. And if they did throw, I think it was, there's a stat out there that if they ran on first down or they threw on first down, they would they would just run it on second and long. But um, regardless, the early down play calling seemed to be an issue um, later on in the season for sure. But during his tenure here in Dallas, it started off fine, but then it kind of, again, melted away as we went on. So I don't know what that's about. Maybe, you know, he'll shed some light on that, talking about Kellen Moore when he's over there with the Chargers. But Really cool article, really good article. He also talks about the uh, intentional use of the tight ends. We've brought that up plenty here on this show. Um, You know, Kellen had a cool tight end package, then went away from that tight end package. Uh, A lot of people talk about, you know, the success of Jake Ferguson this year, and he did have success. But what kind of ticked me off a bit was that, you know, Jake Ferguson showed that he can actually be a weapon from a passing game standpoint, not just a security blanket. And that's no knock on what... Dalton Schultz was for this offense, which he was a security blanket. But if you go look at the history of Mike McCarthy and tight ends in Green Bay, he used those guys as weapons. You see those guys get downfield. You see those guys get more yak opportunity. Jake Ferguson was a yak machine on this team, which completely took me by surprise. I didn't see that part of Jake Ferguson's game coming. But I think Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot could be utilized as actual weapons because in this game now, tight ends are X-factors, man. Tight ends can be uber matchup problems if used that way. We didn't use our tight ends like that. Yep, Jimmy Graham is one. Uh, uh, I made a list last uh, yesterday on the show, and we made a list years ago when I was doing some Mike McCarthy study. But, I mean, he had a whole bunch. Richard Rodgers, Jimmy Graham, Martellus Bennett, um, Jermichael Finley, I mean, he had a, a good a good list of tight ends. And guys who, by the way, they weren't just drafted dudes, dudes that would come in, have a good year, and actually get paid when they left or, or go somewhere else and continue to improve. So, you know, Bubba Franks, well, that's, an early, that's an early one. But, uh, yeah, so Mike McCarthy knows what he's doing with these tight ends. He knows what he's doing with these tight ends. But, um, so, th- look, those are some of the areas where McCarthy can improve this offense am i looking for the number one offense i'm not, I, don't, I don't i don't care about that now where he's going to have to keep up with is in the red zone we did see a better red zone offense this year and last year as opposed to the first couple of years that was something that kellen had to improve on and i think he did improve on that in the red zone uh, so we'll see about that that's where i'm really interested to see how mike mccarthy handles the red zone situation uh but between the 20s i'm excited to see what the Cowboys can do between the 20s because I think that's where we lack consistency from a philosophical 
standpoint, from a, a, a game plan standpoint. It was it just felt like every yard was so hard to earn too often. Especially in the passing game. Yeah, so toxic. There was so many other things that, that were said yesterday, but I wanted to focus on the all O line coach and and the play calling situation. But sounds like Maher is done. They are starting over at kicker. Uh, again, we, they talked about potentially bringing back Zeke, bringing back Peters, bringing back Tyron, obviously extending Dak to create more cap. And that was a big thing out there in the social media world. But some of these things are things we, in my opinion, from a smart Cowboy fan, you should know what's coming down the pike. But it's content. The, the Look, the, the journalists, the reporters, whatever you want to call it, especially chill, especially chill. They messy. They're messy. They they try to get this quote out of Jerry Jones about, oh, you got two head coaches, you know, and Jerry was like, ah, 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 I guess you can say it like that, but that's not what I'm trying to, you know, they messy, man. And um, it creates good content, but I don't, I don't, I don't like to deal with the mess like that, man. I don't like to deal with the mess like that, but all right, let's get into these phone lines. The Pulse of the Nation phone lines presented by the Cochran Firm. The roads down here in Dallas are still terrible. And if you have to go out to drive to get to work, to provide for your family, to, to get to the grocery store, whatever, and you end up getting into an accident and you need some legal representation, Larry and Brian will definitely be there for you, even through this ice storm that's happening down here in the DFW area. And if you are out there on these roads, please be safe. And if you do need some uh, legal representation, Hit up my guys at 1-800-THE-FIRM or get your free consultation today at CochranTexas.com. Glenn, good morning, good sir. Hey, good morning, Scott. How are you, man? All right. What's up with you? All right. All right. All is well. Um, yeah, who, where was that article? Uh, I'd like to go back and read that. Uh, could you, could you uh, it's, maybe drop where that article was? It's in the description. Um, so if you go in the description, okay. the link is right there. Uh, it's from blogging the boys. Okay. All right. I'll check it out. So, um, yeah, I think, um, I think McCarthy, I think next year, and I think it's probably stating the obvious, this is going to be a very important year for McCarthy. Uh, you know, oh, things yeah, sure. didn't really end that. <laughs> things didn't end that great for him in green Bay. And some of the shine came off of him a little bit. I think some of the shine may have come back on as Aaron Rodgers. I think uh, I think some of the shine came off of him a little bit too. But McCarthy's not getting any younger. But my, I guess the first question I kind of have for you is, if it were done all over again and Mike, Moore, Mike McCarthy had an opportunity to make the determination as to whether he kept Kellen or let Kellen go immediately upon hire, do you think he would have uh, kept him on board, or do you think he would have let him go? He would have let. I, I believe he would have let him go, because they, they, they again, they have philosophical differences. Like, like Kellen Moore's offense. There's nothing about what he does that reaches back to what McCarthy does. And, and let's be honest, a lot of people laugh about coaches bringing in their guys or running things that they ran in the past. But, but that's that's normal. That that is literally how football works from a coaching standpoint. They're going to bringing guys they're familiar with. They're going to run things that they've they've run with some tweaks you hope to it each year. And there was nothing about McCarthy and Kellen Moore that added up. They mixed like oil and water, but 
they had to coexist because the Joneses said so. Yeah, and, and, and I actually, you know, and, and here's the thing. Um, I actually don't think, I think McCarthy kind of has gotten a little bit of a bad rap um, nationally. I mean, okay, he's got one Super Bowl. Sean Payton has one Super Bowl. I'm not comparing the two. I do think Sean Payton is the better tactician. Uh, but I, I, I just look at the fact that, uh, look, McCarthy came into a situation where he really had no, little to no say, if you will, regarding personnel or regarding coaching staff. I think he had some limited uh, chairs that he could fill, but the critical components, he, he, he had no say. So, look, I think um, – I, I actually believe in his uh, offensive acumen. I think he probably saw some of the deficiencies in Kellen Moore from the very beginning, right? He probably saw that, you know what, this will never work, but uh, hey, what can I do, right? Right. Um, especially when it comes to, you know, for instance, again, and we saw this over and over, first down, they would gain a couple yards uh, behind, under center, Dak would be under center, second down, no matter what they got on first down, they're going shotgun, right? And so it's like, you're, I think when with McCarthy, he pays attention to a lot of the details. And I think one of the things that, yes. I don't know if this was in the article or not, He's gonna fix. I think he's gonna fix this running game. And what I mean by that is, I think too often defenders uh, didn't have to play the whole field. You know, when you get linebackers that are getting drops that deep, when you get uh, defensive backs just sitting on routes underneath routes, they're not playing the run at all. And I think one of the things McCarthy's gonna make defensive coordinators do is they're gonna make he's gonna make you play both the run and the pass. And I think to your point, that's going to help Dak Prescott because I agree. That's one thing he does great. He's not only a great play-action passer, he is an excellent ball handler. And I think that's one thing that only a, a handful of quarterbacks are very deceptive when it comes to play-action pass. So I think some of the fundamental flaws that Kellen Moore had, I think Mike McCarthy knew about them from the beginning. He probably identified them early on. And so – I agree with you. I don't know that we're going to necessarily have the offensive quote-unquote ranking that we had the last couple of years. But one thing I can tell you is I think we're going to be better about moving the chains, closing games out, and being more efficient on offense, which means better time of possession and not have critical turnovers or three and outs during critical times. So I'm, act I'm actually pretty optimistic about McCarthy. I want to go back and, to what you said uh, about think, uh, McCarthy fixing yeah. the run game. I think that's interesting that you said McCarthy to fix the run game. But I, I, I don't know that I tab McCarthy as the guy to, to quote unquote fix the run. And I use that I use that term fix because it was a productive run game sure. till till it wasn't. Um, I'm actually going to put that me as a fan. Like right, I don't know what's going on in there. I'm going to put that on uh, Mike Solari uh, to to bring. Do we use the word consistent run game, right? Because they, they've been a good running team, but then it fizzled out like the offense usually does over the last four years under Kellen Moore. But um, I'm going to put that on with Mike Solari because I think that he'll bring a specific run scheme. Does that make sense? Uh, to the yeah. team, whereas yeah. McCarthy, you know, for for as good as he had, he was throughout his tenure as an offensive guy, like it wasn't because it wasn't like he's looked at as the run game Moses. You know what I'm saying? Now, that doesn't mean, sure. Glenn, sure. that he hasn't learned and grown himself, um, which I, I believe right. you know, he, he, he would have. Uh, but I'm going to, uh, if I had to put that task on somebody, I'm going to put that on, on Solari uh, first and then, and then Mike second. That makes sense? 
Right. And I totally agree with you because I think his comment and reflection and being able to observe and see deficiencies uh, not only in his own game but hold in Kellen's game, I think think that's going to pay dividends. Last point, and I'll get off with this. With respect to the tight ends, the thing that we've got to fix is that, um, you know, I, I have, I've, have, I've always had a love-hate relationship with Dalton Schultz. I've always seen him as an outlet guy. I've never seen him as a real tight end that commands attention over the middle. I do think Mike McCarthy recognizes that, and then I do think that the tight end position will be a position that, that defensive coordinators are going to have to pay attention to over the middle, not just outlet guys on the side, because that, to me, I don't even need a tight end to do that. I can just have any H-back or receiver do that. I want a guy over the middle who's going to actually demand some attention and uh, suck some of those defenders towards the middle of the field to open up some of those receivers. So those are just uh, those are my thoughts. Great show. I'll continue to listen offline. Thanks, Glenn. Appreciate the call, man. Yeah, the, the attention that Schultz provided was because of the volume, right, well, as opposed to because of his talent. It was because, A, well, at least the San Francisco 49ers knew this. Hey, man, we know exactly where they're going, when they're going, and how they're going to Dalton Schultz. So just dedicate a couple bodies to him. And you, and you didn't see yak stuff from him, and you didn't really see any type of success in between the 20s from him. Um, I, I would never get out of my head how fast, I want to say it was Dre Greenlaw. I mean, bef- I mean, it was just ridiculous how fast he jumped on the route because – it wasn't like it was a route that was, you know, 10 yards down the field, three yards off the ball. And he just shot out of a cannon and was ready because they know, all right, this is what they usually do during at this point in time. And boom, almost had a pick six. But I do think that Ferguson and, and, and Hendershot will definitely be used uh, more. And, and Cowboys might be getting a fullback back, man. Um, often said, a fullback with Kellen Moore in this offense was pointless. It, why? You know, a lot of people want a fullback. But for what? Kellen ain't going to use no damn fullback. He didn't. The Cowboys paid the most money I've seen them pay a fullback since, what, Richie Anderson? And I don't even know how much he got paid. Did, wasn't it Richie Anderson, Cowboys Nation? Who who led the Cowboys in receiving one year, which is kind of wild. Um, y'all let me know if I got that name right. Um, And... They paid the money to Oluwale. And I remember this. I think it was 2019. First game of the year. They sent Oluwale, who was like a hybrid fullback tight end. They sent him on a wheel route deep because he got a little speed for a bigger guy. Dak threw it deep. We didn't quite connect. I'm like, oh, shit. We about to use Oluwale. And then he you know, had like one carry. I think like two receptions. He, he dropped two important touchdowns that year and it was just like we not finna use no fullback though uh so you know we don't use a fullback mccarthy uses a fullback in in the mode that shanahan uses a fullback so and i'm not saying exactly like that but in that mode that's why john coon you could argue shout out to john coon i believe uh cumberland valley for those 717 um john coon was a pro bowler under mccarthy what about Smith? Are you talking about the line, the linebacker ball? Man, he didn't cost much. But they, they paid money to they paid money to Ola Wale. 
And we and look, Grande, we had to use Sean McEwen at fullback. And I like Sean. Look, I was all about using Sean McEwen at fullback as opposed to this this put a tackle back there or a guard. I thought that was so goofy. But we were continuing to do that. Um, but while I'm all about utilizing Sean McEwen this year at fullback because of the, the personnel, I'd much rather get an actual fullback because I think that'll help open some things up. And then that also allows Sean McEwen to just focus on being a tight end. And that's North Dakota State fullback. I've seen people talk about him. I'll take a look at him. Toxic. I think he went to Cumberland. Didn't he go to Cumberland? No. What's the what's the Cumberland Valley? Uh, he played for the Eagles. Oh, man. He was a fullback. For, now, this is talking to my 717 folk. Redhead dude. He's like a Cumberland Valley Hall of Famer. I forget his name. Huh. Uh, B-Bird. Let's get B-Bird up in here. What's good, B-Bird? Hey, what's up, Scott? What's up with you? Hey, <clears throat> nothing much, man. I was just going to say that um, I guess I'm more uh, excited about McCarthy, uh, gotcha. you know, being the OC calling, I mean, excuse me, calling plays. Uh, it's just what it means to the structure of the team. I think we have this function at the top, uh, you know, Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones, but we also had this function in the uh, coaching uh, ranks also. My bad. It Hello. just came to my head. John, or not my head. I just oh, found okay. it. John Ritchie's the fullback I was talking about. Go ahead. Uh, well, we had dysfunction on the coaching level also because I, I just don't think that you can – when Mike McCarthy became head coach, I was really excited. But when I saw that Kellen Moore was still going to be uh, kept on, it, it, I wasn't excited at that point. I wasn't as excited. The reason why is because it tells me that he didn't have the power, right? Right. So I'll tell I'll tell the chat this, that – Coaches, how they how they hire, they hire people uh, that they have connections with, that they have relationships with. Uh, part of the reason why is because they trust those guys, but also those guys are not going to stab them in the back. Also, they need to be on the process of hiring. If it is somebody from the outside, they need to have say-so because right. now the new offensive coordinator will look at Michael McCarthy and say, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm beholden to that guy. Why? That guy, you know, actually got me hired on. So, hey, what you need, Mike, we're going to do. Uh, if you look at um, – Kellen Moore, the reason why Mike McCarthy was out there talking about option routes that he doesn't like them in the media, also talking about the year before last, uh, last year, not last season, but talking about Coop needs to get the ball more, is because he didn't hire Kellen Moore, so he had no power over Kellen Moore. Right. And Kellen Moore knew that. And so that's why that's why I got all thrown off. And, and one of the things, too, is that, you know, I remember after uh, the season before last, uh, he distanced himself from from the office saying, hey, if you install it, you call it. Yep. I 100% agree with that. And people were talking, well, he should get no, because he's saying basically, Jerry and Steven, if this is your boy Wonder, I'm not putting my hands in it because y'all blame it on me. It's yep. all on him. And I thought he did the right thing with that, man, because what they do, they did is they attached a guy to him that, that philosophically he didn't agree with. And that's just not right as a coach. You need to have people in there that's going to be on one accord, be behind yes. you, support what you do. This year, you won't see him coming and talking about, well, I don't like this and I don't like that, you know, by the offense. He, that won't happen. If it was an offense coordinator that Mike McCarthy had hired, that would have been handled behind closed doors. Hey, dude, no, we're going to run the ball and this and that. Are you not going to be here? Why? I brought you here. Yeah. I can get you out of here. Be bird. So the thing about it, yeah. He flat out came out week one and said, we got to be smarter. So I'm going to, me and Kellen, he said, I'm going to take Kellen Moore. We're going to grow over the play sheet because we got to be smarter. Like, he just told him, stop being dumb. <laughs> in public that's crazy he would not do that next year because he's going to be the one that's doing all the installing and calling 
Absolutely. The last thing I, w- I would tell you is, and this is no different than when the Jones uh, hired Jason Garrett before they hired Wade Phillips. Yep. And we see how that thing turned out. Yep. What I'm trying to say is that's that dysfunction on top, man, is what they want. They want their guys, their Jason Garrett and Kellen Moores, they want those guys to hit so bad so they can take credit for it and say, hey, look what we found. But that's just not the way NFL teams operate. We can we can look at other teams and see how they operate and take a little bit from that, man. And so what I'm just saying, man, is that uh, hopefully we're getting that thing straight and that trickles down to the team because we got to overcome this front office, man. And I appreciate your time, uh, Scott, and I'll talk to you later, man. Thanks, B-Bird. Appreciate you. Uh, yeah, and it's probably a good day for, for B-Bird hearing this because he, that's something he definitely was talking about last year. And, um, you know, it's – it's just not conducive to winning, you know. It's it's not. I mean, it, it makes it harder. Let me just say that it makes it harder, and I just don't know any other organization that has so much back and forth pull like this on a consistent basis because of the way the front office operates, and you know, it's just, that makes things tougher. Not impossible, Cowboys Nation, Marv. Not impossible. But it, it makes it really goddamn hard to do. It does. And did y'all see? <laughs> God, man. Jerry, something else, dog. Uh, which one do I want to start with here? Jerry Jones talking about the Eagles and the 40. Did you say Eagles, Bornox? The Eagles and the Rams over the last couple of years, which I don't know why they stopped at the Eagles and the Rams because the Buccaneers also did it. Then obviously the. Uh, the the Chiefs also did it before that. The 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 Broncos did it. The Niners did it. Like these teams were spending and being aggressive, and, but they decided to stop at the Rams and Eagles. So they they asked him about you know your feelings, your thoughts on teams being aggressive and uh, taking chances. And he said anybody who thinks I won't take a chance has misread the tea leaves. Okay, Jerry Jones. And then you know he went on to talk about how. You know, we're seeing a couple teams in the Eagles and Rams that have success putting it all out there, but paying for it later. Somebody want to tell him? Does somebody want to tell him that that the Eagles, this is their second Super Bowl in five years? The hell are they paying for it later? Does somebody want to tell him that the Eagles got two first, they have two first round picks this year? Somebody want to tell them that they're not in cap hell and paying for anything? No. They just let him talk. They just let him keep rambling on. Then he gets down to this point where he says, my point is, I do know how to take risks. And they are absolutely right. We have been in the middle for a few years here. But I like where we are right now more in the middle. Brother just told you, I enjoy this mediocrity. <laughs> All right. Coach Marv, good morning, good sir. Hey, you know, Scott. Um, you know something? I, I got two points. One of them was about the football, but I want to speak on what uh, B Bird uh, talked about. Okay. Uh, and, and I agree. Always agree with B Bird, but I do I do disagree from a coaching aspect of Mike McCarthy coming in and saying that um, I'm gonna I'm gonna allow this to happen and basically 
if it blows up, then I prove my point. Because in the in coaching, one thing I learned in coaching is that when you have something, you have to capitalize on it because it with a with a, the, the the craziness and the physicality of a sport, you can't just say, Okay, I'm a prove point and I'll do it next time. Yeah. Because I, that yeah, that might be a bit aggressive to say that he, you know, I don't know if that's what Bieber was saying or not, but that, hey, I'm just going to let it blow up. The words that I use was, I'm going to make best of what we, of the situation. I feel like McCarthy was trying to make right. best of the situation, given that he didn't have the ultimate power. Right, and that, and and when he saw that they were getting close, when he had a good team, as, you, as a coach, you can see in the preseason or see when you look at your team, but when as the season goes along, you start playing well, and you say, you see, hey, I got a chance here. We really got a chance here. We have, I have to get a little bit more involved because I can, as my experience as a coach, I can see what this during the season where we're going to run into some problems, and which you saw in the big games and, and better defensive coordinators yeah. where we ran into problems that this offense. Um, has his has his problems, and they, and I think he tried to put it in, when we talk about. And the, the other point I wanted to talk about is the fullback. It's crazy. I think he really wanted the fullback because they they brought fullbacks in here. Uh, they had the guy that yeah, yeah I liked him. Um, and when he didn't play bad in the preseason when he played, he was a good special team player. Um, and he was a very physical guy, and he had some, you know, capabilities to run the ball a little bit. But uh, the one to pull the trucks, you know, and and but they did. He understood that Kellen was not going to design anything to to help this this guy to be successful. And I think he just said, okay, and then we'll use McClellan back there, and then we try to use some other full pack, you know, linemen. But he wanted to have that into his game because he knew that would help not only his running game as well, but when you do it with linemen, you already dedicate what you're what you're doing and you don't have another aspect of, of the pass receiving. And I think that's going to be a very big key. But I think in, in this offense where I was really uh, upset about this offense guy, and I know you watched Vast more uh, tape than I do, and you watch the the route combination. That I know you are frustrated in it, but it never attacked the whole all of the field. I watched it, you know. I did watch some the the, the San Francisco game, yep. where uh, you had the, the free safety had on many of plays. He was just doing nothing. You never attacked him to the point where he was threatened and about anything that came his way, and I know in football, as I'm learning in football, and I always say in our passing, passing game, I want to make safeties do cornerback things. And I want cornerbacks to do safety type things. And what I mean by that, I want I want safeties to play cornerback and, 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 and defend the ball wide in the air. Make because there's a reason why they're safeties and not corners. And there's a reason why corners are not safeties. I want them to defend the run. I want them to be physical and run support because if I put them in that situation, there's a reason why they're corners and not safeties. So that's a way that you you build matchups to attack the weakness of a position. 
make them do things that are not their position uh, characteristics. And if you do that on more occasions, you will be successful than you would if you just attack a cornerback and just make him be pass defense always and not be a, a physical like a safety. So I think this offense is going to spread the field. The only thing I, 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 I think that I hope at this particular point in time that the Cowboys go and feel the things that McCarthy wants because they did that with Dan Quinn, and I think they're going to do that with Dan Quinn. Now I think McCarthy is going to have to the reign now to say, these are the things that I need. And, uh, and I think the tight ends that we have in the, in the building are going to be more. I think Ferguson and Hendershot have showed their athletic ability. And with opportunities, I think they can do the things that uh, McCarthy really wants from a tight end. But I just think it was just geared to Dalton Schultz because I think Dalton Schultz was a killing guy. And he didn't beef about what was going on because that got him catching. So this is what I think we're moving forward towards, man. But like I always say, Scott, great show, brother. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Good stuff there, uh, Coach Coach Mar. Yeah, you know, I like how you said make the safeties do cornerback things and the cornerbacks do safety things. We, you know, as as the article pointed out, we didn't make them cover the entire field. And and he talked about matchups and that's something that I was envious of, you know, watching the Niners who didn't have a great, I said this before, they didn't have a great offensive game. They didn't. But when it mattered in those critical moments, they can lean on something. They can lean on the matchups. And um, we just, we just really didn't get a chance to do that. So that was a bit frustrating, and we'll see if uh, McCarthy decides to lean on the matchups and and lean on having an identity. I saw somebody uh, we were talking on Washington Live show. Somebody had put in the comments, you know, so you you want to have an identity, so you basically you want to be uh, predictable. That's not the same, man. Like we got to be better, Cowboys Nation. <laughs> having an identity is not about just being predictable. Having an identity is making that team you're going to be playing have to come in each week preparing for this specific thing that you know they're going to come in week in and week out and do and do at a high level and stop that. And you are able to build off of that. You are able to counter off of that. Maybe one week it's a different part of the playbook within your identity and another week it's another part. But I don't think we had an identity. I think we had a whole bunch of plays. And one week we used some of the good ones that looked like there was some some type of identity. And another week it was like, all right, man, we're just going to run all the shotgun or we're just going to, you know, run out of shotgun runs or we're going to eliminate, uh, you know, C.D. Lamb moving around, play action went away. You know, these are fundamental things that can be a part of identity, pre-snap motion, play action. That ain't nothing that is is that difficult to me. But it's something that the team has to prepare for every single week. And you can run a variety of different things out of. And no matter how much you prepare for it, man, play action is tough to deal with. It just is. Moving guys around is tough to deal with. It just is. All right, a couple more. Then I got to get up out of here. Let me, there we go. Uh, 904, what's goody? Hello. What's good, Foots? Hello, I'm still here. Yeah, you good? You there? Hey, how you doing there, Will? Hello. Can you hear me, Will? 
Uh, yep, yep, I yeah, care. Oh, okay. Oh, how's everything going with you, sir? Everything's going good. Everything is everything. <laughs> All right. Hey, man. I was um, I'm sitting listening to the show here, man, and um, and I think what 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 we kind of trying to break down is like how my Mike McCarthy should be running his offense, or whatever the case may be. And I think it would be a good idea to add a a fullback in that position, due to the fact that um. You know, because I, you know, I seen what Kellen Moore did when he added the, um, you know, he put an offensive lineman in there at times because that that makes it way too predictable that we're going to run the football. Way too predictable, and, and, and that like, offensive lineman is not a passing threat out of play action. No, he's not. Right. And and um and I think like a couple of times they did kind of trick them because like they did do that a couple of times when Cooper Rush was in there that added more pass protection. A couple of times, because I did watch a couple of films on that, on which ones that they when they use the offensive lineman, and then they had a tight end on the other side. So they um so what they did was they utilized that, and they did a play action, and I think they did that in the game against in Minnesota. That's the first time they used it. You're talking about the hawk package when, um, last when Mark year. Cooper was still, yeah, yeah, two years yep. or whatever. And then they did it again a couple of times, you know, in the Cincinnati game. And then they well, they used the Hawk package game, which, a ton in twenty twenty one after that Minnesota game. It was it was getting a bit ridiculous. Uh, it was to the point where you yeah. know it felt like he didn't know what else to do. So now we're running Hawk on our own twenty, which is goofy. Uh, then they tried to to do it a little <laughs> bit more at the start of the season. I think the last time they really did it was a, was against Philly, um, and then we didn't really see it return for real for real into the playoffs. But yeah, right. And and then that you know and that's when that's when the on um, the changing of the guard need to come in at, and I believe that's when uh, Mike McCarthy need to go ahead and uh, install his system. You know, because this is all, uh, this is pretty much, it's all it's all or nothing. Yeah. Cause he, yeah, because he need to go ahead and just say, hey, if I'm gonna go down, I'm going down with the ship. Yeah, that's and what I'm gonna go like down my way. Be. So he's gonna order his groceries. And let that man cook. They're going to try to let him cook for and, a year at least. Time. So we'll see. Yes, sir. I know it. Because, like, hey, this, I mean, this is a year that we, you know, I know we got to make some changes as far as, like, um, renegotiating and all that stuff. I know that's all of the business. And everybody think it was stupid because, like, they're going to renegotiate that contract. So but that's I was like, man. That's been that's the part of business. But they have to because of <laughs> exactly. this is a business decision. <laughs> exactly. This was this was this and, was you can see this two years that, ago. The new yeah, and it, and the new and the new um, bargain agreement don't kick in until twenty four. So a lot of them don't know that. So this will help them out in the end because then you know the salary cap increases every year, at least 18%. But this time, it, it kind of went up to about maybe 19 or 20%. Oh, it's the most cap so they've they ever had. Just a little bit. Say it again? It's the most cap they've ever had in the league. Right. Yeah, because, like, you know, they want to reduce they, they want to reduce role because of the pandemic. Right. So now, you know, now that they're making their money back and TV contracts kicking in, and then the new contract would kick in in 24. That's going to help. 
Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll have a show where we break down all the salary and stuff. So we'll get into that. But um, uh, look, man, appreciate yeah. you calling in. All right, man. You take care, man. Everybody, God bless you and and DC for life. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, man. I forget he was he was saying something now. Yeah, what it was? Still talking about that cat. Hmm. Let me get to three, two, one, and maybe I I'll remember it. Three, two, one. What's up, man? What's up, Scott? How you doing this morning, man? I'm good. What's up with you? Hey, uh, I've been enjoying the show, and I've been hearing a lot of great points, especially the fullback one, which is something that I think Dallas definitely uh, had a lot of success when they had Keith Smith uh, running with Zeke. So seeing Will Polly would definitely be something uh, to look forward to if they do do that. Might not be Polly. Uh, yeah. Might, it might they, be they, Zeke they again. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I think uh, Dallas uh, in this offseason, I think this is uh, 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 a make it or break it offseason really for them. They have to stop being so uh, protective of the bank with Stephen Jones. Stephen Jones, he has to actually like go out there and get after it because I really see like the teams that are uh, like the Eagles, the 49ers, they're getting ahead while we're staying in the middle of the pack because we're too afraid to go all in for one year. Like roll the dice. It, I mean, you if you win the championship, it'll be worth the sacrifice that you made even right. if you put your team uh back for like maybe a year or two, but look at it look at it from this standpoint. The 49ers have built consistency over the past few years. They had one bad year, but yet they've been Man, consistent. The Eagles, honestly, since 2000, years. Since, 2000, since they had Harbaugh, if we're being completely honest, Harbaugh yeah. and um, and Shanahan have been to like six NFC Championship games and two Super Bowls. You know? so. That's what I'm saying. And you look at the Eagles, uh, look what they're doing. Like They're going all in consistently and – even if they do uh, pay the price, and the f- they're only set back for and they're not, a few years, and they're back in the top. But the Eagles ain't paying the price. That's what's crazy, man. The, 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 honestly, the way the Eagles have done it, or, or, you know, is 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 remarkable to see. And we might end up looking at this thing as an outlier in the sense of they were able to make big time trades. They were able to spend a ton of cap and 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 still have two first round picks the following year and not be in cap hell. I mean, what, what they've done has been remarkable. So. You know, the, you know, you've seen right. the Eagles do it. You've seen the Rams do it. The Niners do it. The Chiefs do it. Uh, excuse me. A lot of people don't believe this, but the Patriots actually were an aggressive team during their runs. Like people think they weren't. They were very much so aggressive. I mean, the blueprint is yeah. there. It's there for you. Nobody's telling you you got to be, you know, the 2016 Giants and spend $200 million in free agency. Uh, but you do have to be a little bit aggressive and, and show some foresight and not be reactive. Uh, this team is too much reactive. Right. And my last point I wanted to make was I think Dallas, uh, one thing they need to do offensively other than, you know, helping out the offensive line is definitely kind of like I think they need to bolster up the receiving core with more talent and speed because when you see the Kansas City and the uh, Cincinnati Chiefs receiving core, their receivers – they they they're game breakers. They get open. They actually help change the game. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is who he is, and Joe Burrow is who he is. But look at a player like Jamar Chase. I mean, Higgins, the players like them. That's what no I think Dallas Philly. is also lacking on the other side of the seating. 
Oh, 100%, man. I mean, wide receiver is right up there with top needs in, in the draft, whatever you want to call it. It's it's a top need, without a doubt. And it's it's funny because it didn't have to be. They could have been going into another year with Amari Cooper, but hey, yeah. Hey, man. Yeah, appreciate man. the call. Good, brother. Thank you. Have yep. a good day. You too. Yeah, we took a strength, turned it into a weakness, and we're begging to get that back as a strength, literally, after week one. If you really think about it, week two, week three, whatever it was, where they said, ah, Dennis Houston ain't going to work, huh? Yeah, Jalen Hurts, or not Jalen, Jalen Tobert, that's not going to work. Then they try to go out and get the Judys of the world, the Brandon Cookses of the world, the Odell Beckhams, and then T.Y. Hilton. Like, they realize we messed up, but they can't come out and say it. They just can't come out and say we screwed the pooch. We screwed the pooch on that one. Um, but, hey, man, look, this is cool. I think we saw Foots the King was up in here a little bit earlier. A little bit of a, uh, I won't call it an audible. We were going to wait to bring Foots on next week, but it didn't hit me like, oh, wait. Senior Bowls this weekend. So it's only right I bring my brother on tomorrow. We'll get foots in here tomorrow. Since the Cowboys are at Senior Bowl, we know why they're at the Senior Bowl, to look at some of the Senior Bowl participants that they will 100% draft. We'll spin the block on what we talked about last season where the Cowboys and the Senior Bowl are one and one, two peas in a pod. They, they, they will 100% draft somebody from the Senior Bowl, and I want to look at a couple of the guys and foots is going to join us tomorrow to talk about some of his senior bowl dudes to watch out for. Let me just let y'all know how great Foots is at this draft stuff, man. Last year, we brought him on. Similar situation. Talked about some guys. Look out for XYZ. I think it was five guys. He brought up one, Matt Willetsko. Um, When he told me, look at Matt Willetsko prior to the show, took a look. We did the show, and he said, man, I think the Cowboys will be very interested. They could draft. What happens? Cowboys drafted Matt Willetsko in the fifth round. So if you are big in draft, you are big in senior bowl, big into this type of the offseason, you want to tune into tomorrow's show as we go over a handful of guys to pay attention to in the senior bowl. And then we'll revisit that on Monday. Take a look at some of those senior bowl guys and uh, see who the Cowboys, whose stock, we'll just say that, whose stock may have risen from the senior bowl. So that tomorrow is the start of the draft portion of the offseason. In the middle of all that, we'll, we'll hit our second part of our hindsight series where we'll focus on another position. I'll keep that as a mystery as we go through the week. And whatever news drops, man, of course, you know we will have it here on A to Z Sports Dallas, man. We'll have it right here on Skywalker Show in the morning, presented by The Cochran Firm and, of course, Boston Scientific. If you are one of 39 million men suffering from ED, make sure you guys head on over to edcure.org. They have the best cure for you. Learn the severity or risk of severity if you do have ED. They got customized content that lets you know how high of a risk you are. The fastest way to find your best cure is to contact an ED specialist by browsing a list of experienced physicians in your area Visit edcure.org. Sammy Rowe, don't act like you don't know what that is. Uh, let me get some super chats and get up out of here. Oh, well, thank you, Michelle. Here we go. Supers. 
Make sure I don't miss y'all today. Uh, I missed a couple yesterday. Okay, let me get to a couple yesterday that I did miss. Uh, actually, I got the Coach Mars, so I got that one. We talked about that yesterday. That was actually a good conversation. Super chat. Uh, toxic fourth and eight check down. Whenever you get a chance, watch Witherspoon's film. Um, Witherspoon. What's the? Is there a first name? My draft people. If you out here, foots. I mean, Witherspoon. First name school. He just put Witherspoon. Um, I bring it. Drop one today. Five dollars. Super chat. How long do you expect Dak to catch on to the new scheme? He's a seven-year veteran. I don't expect that to be an issue, and I'm not going to give Dak a pass for a new scheme. You're a veteran. You're not a rookie. You're not a young buck. So, uh, whatever the scheme is, I expect you to to know it, learn it, and, and let's rock. Right? Can't we can't we can't go into year eight and talk about ah oh, man, well, new scheme. I don't care. Uh, Alex Smith went through about seven different coordinators in. And San Fran went to the first year over there in KC and boom. Pro Bowl. Like, I don't know if he went to the Pro Bowl, but he was good. So I'm not. You're a veteran. Get it done. Uh, Devin. Is it Devin Witherspoon? All right. We'll check that out. Devin Witherspoon. Defensive back. Oh, so he's a corner. He's a top 10 pick. I mean, I, I mean, I'm going to look at these guys, especially because, you know, Vach's show, we're going to look at all these dudes. Uh, but I ain't going to lie to you. Last year, I didn't I didn't bother going super hard on the Aiden Hutchinson's of the world because it's like we're picking at 24. We're, <laughs> we're picking at 26. If these guys are top 10 guys, that what are the odds, right? But I still take a look at them just for, for draft purposes. But everybody's saying he's going to be long gone. Appreciate it. Hey, on your way out, man, if you enjoyed the show, make sure you hit the like button. Um, should be on with Vosh. Got to hit him up. I got an obligation later. Not sure if I'll be back in time. We'll see. Uh, but doesn't matter. From there or not, make sure you head on, head on over to the volume. Check out Vosh and Barty Live later, about 3.06-ish. And then the final show of the week for Mo. A to Z Sports Prime Time. Check out A to Z Sports Dallas.com as well, Cowboys Nation. All right. We'll get up out of here and press this button. Medicare, bro. Zay Flowers. Another name I've been hearing a lot about, too. Stand back together. Hi, Cowboys Nation. Thank you all for being here. Appreciate the calls, the donations, and, of course, the chat. Y'all the best. Peace.